to drop your night vision goggles and join us for another episode of state of the save welcome everybody it's your host eric with me as always michael how you doing michael dropping in going dropping dark. in going that's a different franchise different franchise oh, crap. <laughs> yeah no uh we are here today to talk about splinter cell chaos theory part one yes. of the two-parter here we're going to be discussing missions one through five. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about this show. This is a game that um, I have not played before. Michael, I don't think you played it before either. Nope. And uh, it's made a very positive impression on us, I think. I've very, very much uh, enjoyed it so far. So I'm really looking... Brooks. We may have broke some rules behind the scenes and discussed a little bit of this game because it was basically like... Is this game brilliant? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to check and make sure that a game is as good as you think it is. And yeah. that sounds like a really weird statement, but it's because you have to kind of fact check yourself and make sure like, hey, am I actually, you know, enjoying this as much as I think I am? Is it just that, you know, this is just hitting at the right time or something? And it's like, no, this game is pretty damn great. Um, I'm very much, like I said, looking forward to discussing it today, and we've talked about it a little bit, but not really in super detail. Um, let's talk about some other video games, though, like we usually do on this here show before we get into our main topic. Um, Michael, video games are happening now, and they're happening at an extremely fast pace. I, I can't keep up with all the video games happening. There's way too many. We went from, like, a period of maybe, I want to say five years, if not more, of video games not being at this like breakneck pace that we're at right now where there's just stuff lined up and uh it's starting early and it's pretty exciting as we're recording this today um atomic heart drop today I'm wild hearts for, yeah wild hearts also lots of hearts Apparently, yes. hearts are in this February. It's February. Everybody's like, we got to get in on this Valentine phase. <laughs> um, no, both of those dropped. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing some Atomic Heart. I think I'm going to play that tonight. Seems like reviews are very mixed. Um, That's what you want for it. Not necessarily what you want for a Game Pass game, but it's uh, you're glad it is on Game Pass. Yeah, like, and it, yeah, it seems like one of those games that it's um it's very it's very hit or miss how the reviews are going for it. But I'm at this weird point when I look at reviews and games in general, where it's kind of hard to like look at like a like a meta score, Metacritic score, and judge something by it anymore for me. Um, I very much just try to pick outlets and people who I generally agree with and kind of follow their opinions more than just like hey this has a 92 on metacritic therefore it's good this has a 67 therefore it's bad um, exactly yeah i feel like uh it's better just to find some people you agree with and kind of arrive with their opinions um we discussed this one time off mic uh just in day-to-day -day life but i questioned some of the outlets that get those scores added to metacritic <laughs> like in some of these like it's like video games dot sc 
<laughs> somehow gave a game like seven out of ten. It's like how did they get to make a decision on this? Um, and for some of the big ones, some releases are like uh, more spaced out and weird. So for a lot of the big releases now, companies are sending it out to review outlets who had had already positive like pre coverage of the game. Just so whenever the early version of game releases, that meta score is nice and high. So it's also be like, I'm going to pre, wow, that's a, that's a high number. I'm going to pre-order the edition that lets me play three days early. It's a lot of like sending it out to streamers that have already been making content saying how much they're looking forward to the game. So therefore they are more likely to be excited about said video game. Um, I go hit. I go back and forth on how I feel about all that. You know, yeah. Like, you know, you can say that. Oh, it's uh not as ethical as video game journalism used to be. Uh, that's a dumb statement because I also <laughs> was a I was a subscriber to Electronic Gaming Monthly for many, many, many years, and I can tell you right now, some of those game reviews were done in like eight hours spans. Because they go to press like tomorrow, so just figure the shit out and print the review. Um, Activision game. flew us out to this island to jump off <laughs> yeah. airplanes for Call of yeah. Duty. <laughs> like I, I've always thought, like let's not even go down the rabbit hole of all the people who <laughs> want like ethics in game journalism. But like that shit's always <laughs> been suspect. All right, like <laughs> here's a picture of me shooting a machine gun in the desert. And I got to play Call of Duty too. It's like you know, it's 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 all marketing at this point. But um, that's why you should trust your small local uh video game podcasts and outlets for your opinions. Um, I've I've played some stuff. I've been playing a lot of stuff. I've been knocking out um a bunch of things. I played Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, Which I heard was, about that. Yes, it's a game that uh, I think came out in the, the beginning of January, I want to say, something like that. Was it beginning of January? Mid-January, it dropped at dir- directly after Xbox's developer direct thing. It was a surprise from uh, Shinji Mikami's studio. You know, I looked at it and I said to myself, this doesn't look like anything that appeals to me. And I'm about three missions into it right now and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, a lot more than I thought I would. It's the uh, rhythm-based action game. So, you know, you're getting uh, bonuses for doing your combos on beat. Um, the whole kind of ward has a bounce to it with the beat. Like, everything kind of, like, flows. So, like, if you're going by, like, a assembly line, all of the, uh, you know, ramps and stuff like that are moving at the speed of the beat. Um, it's very like, you know, kind of lighthearted cartoon. It reminds me of like a, like a show that would be on Cartoon Network in the early 2000s kind of vibe to it. But, um, surprisingly described as a, uh, GameCube slash Dreamcast era vibe. It has a lot of that. Um, but surprisingly very enjoyable. I've really... I very much uh, has enjoy- I have enjoyed what I've played of it so far. And like I said, I played probably around, it's probably around three hours. Um, but it's, like, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, this whole rhythm as a mechanic thing has been popping up a lot more recently with this and then with uh, Metal Hellraiser or Hellbringer or whatever that Hell was. Hellsinger. Hellsinger. Hell single, Hell single. 
uh, which was the first person shooter. Um, didn't really care for that one as much. Um, but like I said, this is good. It's worth trying out. Uh, it's pretty fun. I've actually really enjoyed it so far. I might stick with that and finish that up. Um, obviously, there was one thing that we mentioned a few weeks ago that I need to go back to and I have, which is Elden Ring. I am in the process of finishing Elden Ring. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that far off. And uh, it is weird to go back to that game well, the hype has kind of died down because last time I was really playing it was when you know everybody was playing it, and uh, it's weird to see the hype kind of having gone down when you you know queue to try to bring somebody into your ward instead of it being like a hundred people there to bring in. There's like one dude, um, but it's still you know it's still pretty damn hey hey surprise surprise that would ring still a great video game. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to see the amount of games that are coming out. Uh, we're about to hit March, where March is going to have some killer titles. Uh, is there anything you've been playing? Yes. I picked up something that was on uh, PlayStation's equivalent of Game Pass. Something that I had my interest in. I was in the mood to start something fresh. I didn't feel like going back to any of like the backlog stuff, because it just wasn't hitting. I wanted to start a game like fresh. And uh, they had recently added Judgment on there, a game I was very interested in for a long time. Uh, Judgment, if you don't know or haven't heard of it, it is a spinoff of the very long-running Yakuza series. So this is a separate story set in the same fictional neighborhood of Tokyo, Kamurocho. And you play as uh, Yagami, a former... Uh, lawyer in Japan who was famous for a little bit because he got someone acquitted for murder which Japan they mentioned has a 99% conviction rate for any crime and he got a guy off from uh, off of a murder charge wait for but, any for any crime <clears throat> I believe they made it seem like for any crime but I'm not entirely sure that that I mean I now I do know this. I know that the the legal system is a lot more like, hey man, if they pick you up for something, you're probably going to take the rap for it. Um, <laughs> but at ninety nine, I mean, I believe it. I can believe it. But damn, <laughs> like at that point, just take the plea deal, no matter what it is. And he managed to get your character managed to get a guy acquitted, but shortly after he's riding the high, everybody he's getting shunned at his law firm because everybody wants Yagami because he's the guy who uh he's a guy who was like the famous lawyer who did who broke that like ninety nine percent of the hundred people, he's the guy who poured it off. I mean like I, the, I would want him too. But the guy you got for murder is uh just unambiguously kills his girlfriend and burns down his uh apartment shortly after does it uh does it really help your case with why that that one no so it's kind of disgrace he leaves the law he leaves the world of law even though he still passed the bar and becomes a private investigator and that's where the game that's that's the game where the game pretty much starts so you're playing as yagami after this whole Thing shaped him up so he's still a lawyer he has a lawyer badge to prove it but he's also a private investigator it's a really good bit 
early on where you're chasing a guy down, you beat him up, and it's like, you can't do this to me, I'll sue. And then he's like, all right. He holds up the lawyer card and goes, I'll see you in court. Cue the fantastic opening number that's uh, like a legal drama-style intro set to like Japanese pop punk. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. All right, this is pretty great. The game is the closest I will ever get to a sleeping dog successor. There's a lot to do in the open world. There's a lot of like investigation mini games, a lot of like chasing people down uh, through the streets as you're doing quick time events to like jump over railings or like not get run over by like a crowd of people that you're doing chase chases. You're doing like uh, you're operating a drone to uh, look over crime scenes and investigate certain aspects, zoom in on objects to get a clue of where to go next. The story is very interesting. You're, the main crux of the mystery is that the game was originally called Judge Eyes in Japan because you're investigating a triple murder or a serial killing of members of a rival clan of the Tojo clan, which is the main clan from the Yakuza series. And the bodies are killed, obviously, but they have their eyes gouged out. So it's a similar like crime, and you're trying to investigate. I'm on chapter four now. I just started chapter four about 10 hours into this game. It says I'm about 25% complete. I am hooked. I really, really enjoy this thing. I feel like the Yakuza games are something that I always meant to get into. And the closest I got to really getting into them was like the Like a Dragon, um, which was really good with what I played. You know, I enjoyed what I played. But um, that series, man, like I feel like they pump one of those out every year. <laughs> but they, they <laughs> seem to be of a... The, the, a, I think there was one this year, isn't there? There's like one out set? today. A brand new oh, one yeah. out today. Was, okay, add that to the list of things. Uh, like um, a Dragon Ishin. It's all the main cast of the Yakuza series, but set during the time of the Japanese Civil War. Which is kind of cool. Also, um, Kitty Omega's in it. Which is also kind of cool. <laughs> He's a trading card that you can use his moves in battle. You can do the one-winged angel. Just V-trigger everybody. <laughs> spam, spam, spam. Um, no, I, I I think that makes him very happy because he's been bucking to get into a video game for a while. And uh, <laughs> Okada um, was in one of the Yakuza's games already. So Okada beat him to it. And I think he kind of held that personally. Um but no, I, I've always really wanted to get into these things, but uh, it's always cool because I feel like you've got a little bit more experience with them. And every time you describe them, I'm like, boy, I need to go give that a shot. But it's, uh, it's one of those things that it's one of those very in-depth games. I want to have a lot of free time to play it. Yeah. And I just I, I don't want to skimp on my experience with one. Uh, I really should go back and finish Like a Dragon. I really like Like a Dragon a lot. I want to play that. Ishin looks really cool. Uh, Judgment, I think, is... I'm liking the story so far more than Yakuza 0, but I think I like the characters overall more in Yakuza 0. We'll see where they go. I really like Yagami as a main character. I do like the arcade games more in this version, because this is set in the more modern day. It's set in 2018 versus the 1980s, like Yakuza 0. So a lot of the arcade games you're playing are... There's a complete version of uh, Virtual Fighter Five in this that you can just play. And my 10 hours, probably an hour and a half, is just playing old Sega arcade games. There's one... Ah, 
I forgot the name of it, but it is basically uh, Star Wars Pod Racer, except combined with uh, Road Rash, where you're on motorcycles in space using weapons to knock people off bikes. That's pretty incredible. So. Sounds... Sounds like that's a reason to pick up the game if there's anything. It's like, hey, you also get Virtual Final Five and a bunch yeah. of other games. <laughs> it's like a compilation game inside of your uh, your Yakuza game. Basically, I could solve this mystery, or it's the whole Yakuza thing. There's a million different side, uh, side activities you can do. There's drone races in this one. It's like, I could solve the mystery, but I got this baseball team to manage. <laughs> The best part of this game is during the uh, drone races, uh, every time you hit the turbo, Yagami will yell, it's turbo time! Like so, like yes. the film, like the popular yes. film, uh-huh. Jingle All the Way? Yes, well, fantastic. Yes, is he just Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> I, I <laughs> You know, I would... I can I can deal with that. I can, okay, yeah, you're selling it's, me now. It's a it's a pretty great game. I'm uh, very interested in it. I don't want to delve too much into the story stuff because this game is like mostly story with like some beat 'em up elements and uh, just yakuza craziness. More toned down, more gritty noir than like the yakuza series. So it it strikes an, a really good balance. Like I said, it's more sleeping dog, something with a little bit of humor. But overall, the story is pretty, as I said, grounded. Uh, I feel like that's one thing about that series they do well. is like, hey, they can do a lot of like different tones in those yes. games. You have games that are a lot more wacky and you know, you know, just over the top. And then you can do something that's a little bit more of a gritty crime story. So, yeah, that definitely sounds like something worth checking out. You said that's on the PlayStation uh, Network's uh, Game Pass thing? Yes, I believe you can also get the game on PC, and I believe it is on Xbox, but not on Xbox One. It's on the Series X. Okay. What is it? I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's on Game Pass at all, but hey, Judgment. It's been out for a while, so you can probably get it pretty cheap if you're looking into it. I want to say that it is on Game Pass. I think I've seen it. If it isn't, it was at one point. There's also but, the sequel, Lost Judgment. So Yeah, I might be thinking of that one. Maybe. But, um... Right on, right on. Uh, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Yeah, let's, let's, not, let's get right into this. I about to say, let's not mix, mix uh, words here. Uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is a wonderful video game. I, um, I am a huge stealth fan, and I am constantly impressed. It, it, it's, it's a similar feeling of going back to Half-Life 2 for the first time, where I'm like, oh, all the like improvements of modern stealth games sort of kind of had their footing like here in the early Splinter Cell games and maybe with Chaos Theory in particular. I want to tell you right now that I feel like Chaos Theory does some stuff better than modern stealth games do. <laughs> um, it does such a wonderful job of giving you cues and information without having to be a tutorial crazy um and b without having to bang your head over the wall on how to do stuff like you know just the the process of like hey man there's cool ways to go about all these different objectives if you just pay attention and listen you're going to get all the information you need um the 
the crazy thing is, like you said, one, it still looks pretty damn good. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, a you know original Xbox, PlayStation 2, and PC game, but it still looks really well. I'm playing it on the Xbox Series X, so I'm getting, like, the best version that it could look, but, it, you know, it runs beautiful. I tell you, it's really nice to have the quick saves move yes. as damn fast as they do when you're running this thing <laughs> on a Series X. Um, but it's, yeah, man, this thing has just blown my mind how well this holds up. Um let's just go ahead and get this out of the way the story is convoluted as hell and i'm still not 100 percent sure what exactly is supposed to be happening <laughs> because right from the beginning they build up something that's going to come into play later so you're thinking oh this is where we're going to head into and then no you're off to a completely different thing like it, it starts out with like Chinese forces hijacking a Japanese vessel in Korean waters, and Sam Fisher is sent in, and you're like, "All right, he's gonna go deal with this mess." Now he's going somewhere else. All right, what what's this whole thing? It feels well, like you're jumping into a like a sequel to a game that had an ongoing plot. Um, I, I really struggled to to kind of grasp why you know it does this whole very in-depth like this is the situation in the you know the you know between the japanese you know government and the korea and you know china and all these stuff and then fisher was off doing his own thing and i get that it's supposed to be like a mystery that all links up together and, and it does kind of pay off at the end of this section here we start to see both plots kind of Coming exciting by this point, yeah. I just feel like it could have been done in a more interesting and more clear way. Um, I'm not like I'm not like upset about it by any means of the imagination because by mission five, you kind of see what's going to happen here. You know, you kind of <laughs> get like, and you know, it's a lot of these Tom Clancy games, and especially like from this era have a lot of that where it's like you know global espionage and you know moles and government agencies and things like that but um i'm not here to say that the story is a top-notch you know novel worthy story so far but it doesn't matter because these are some of the tightest coolest missions that i've played in a long time i agree with that yes and Every if every story setup is just Sam doing something, I'm fine with it. You know, yeah, the, I don't even the setup for the individual stories and the individual beats that you run into are themselves interesting in self-contained level by level. Like, okay, I gotta find, I gotta look for this guy in particular, and then when he's not there and leaves, that's an interesting like thread that's pulled away from you that you were invested in. You might not care what he's doing outside of the scope of this mission. It's just the immersive story that you're kind of playing here the, the through the gameplay is They do a good job of like having objectives go south on you in missions without it being you actually failing the objective. So you'll yes. be in situations where it's like, your primary objective in like mission two is those several of those objectives that just do not happen in mission two because you don't have access. Once you get your boots on the ground, then you don't have access to those those that information. 
Um, or and then like things the, and then things come up to light. So you'll have yes. objectives get added because as Sam is going about doing his the mission, you know, oh, this guy is here. He's actually here. He's on this boat. You know, let's go take him out. You know, and stuff like that comes up, and it's a really cool way of adding and taking away objectives from your list um, throughout the entire game. And there's moments like that that are scripted, and there's moments that are tied into the way the alarm system works in this game. As you rank up alarms, each area is going to have more guards. They're going to be actively, like, breaking their posts and looking for you more. It's the way the, the scripted moments and, like, the unscripted moments kind of play into each other is extremely impressive. However, uh, I believe... I do think the uh, Achilles heel of this game, it doesn't break it by any means, it's just something I had to get used to, is that the guard AI is pretty inconsistent with um, how they pers- handle spotting you as well as what you can do to them when you can get, what when you can do it to them. For example, sometimes I can sneak up behind a guard in a chair and be able to choke him out no problem. Sometimes I try to like the prompt doesn't come up and I try to wiggle my way around him. Then he spots me and immediately without a second thought stands up and shoots and then doors open up with a bunch of guards pouring in and shoot me. So then I'm like, all right, reload my quick save. Let's, let's try this again. Um, things like, like peripheral vision is very inconsistent because I've had dudes walk like two inches away from me and not see me. And then I've had dudes be like three feet down a hallway and me be on the opposite side of the room and they catch me and you know turn around and be able to spot me um it i can't get a feel for how the light level works beyond zero if i assume if i'm at zero i can be i, I can be like uh, a foot away from them and them not see me but the minute I like dip to like the first notch, it feels like that should be all the way full because then I could be spot like the long hallway on the boat where I couldn't even see the guard that saw me. So at one point, I, this. I had a lot of those issues in the uh, the fifth mission, the office building, where yes. it was very inconsistent with how guys could see me. Um, I, you know, I usually don't have issues with like the sound levels because I kind of grasp that pretty easy. But for some reason, no matter what I did on that mission, I was triggering guys. And uh, that's the only kind of thing I, sh- I kind of get a little bit irritable with. I didn't have it really until that fifth mission. Most of the game I was able to get away with pretty easily. But yeah, there was some inconsistencies in how guards act and how guards are able to catch you. Um, there's a little bit of inconsistency also with like how some of the tools work. So like you know using the uh, the EMP middle on your your pistol, like if you're not dead on on something, sometimes it just doesn't pick up, and that can be a little bit of a troubling thing when you're trying to do a series of events quickly, so you can you know get in and out of a room or something without triggering a guard. Um, you kind of have it's a little bit unforgiving there like you know sometimes you can aim a little bit below the camera and it'll pick it up and then other times you're aiming you got to be dead on the the lens to be able to pick up it's a little bit inconsistent i know it's because you have to wait for the whole reticle to kind of 
ease in. Like, you can't just immediately pull your gun and shoot. You gotta kind of, like, let it focus in. But even then, yeah, some shots that I swear I, like, focus in on end up missing. Like, I had Wait. lined up a couple headshots in this game that I was like, all right, it's imperative that I hit this, and then I miss, and then all of a sudden, they, they freak out. Uh, understandably, they freak out, but... <laughs> if you get shot at, you too. Uh, uh, yeah. But my thing is, like, weird stuff, like, with the EMP emitter and the pistol and stuff. Like, why does that take me taking aim? Like, it's a beam. Like, you know, it, it just... Like, stuff like that just feels a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. Um, nothing game-breaking by any means of the imagination. Um, and to be honest with you, the way the guards walk in some of the environments is actually still really impressive. Particularly in environments that are, like, very loud and things like that, where you can just sprint behind those guys and they won't hear you. Um, the sound meter I really like because of the fact that you have a baseline on there at all times. Like, don't go past this line and you can be completely silent. So you can kind of, like, get a pattern for things in the environment. Like, in the first mission... There's a bit where you can time your bullet to, like, the thunder and not alert anybody, which is really cool. Um, we're just going to go, let's just go mission by mission here. Yep. The first start mission. with the start screen. There is a teaser trailer for a movie that will never come out complete with the movie trailer voice guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that, that caught me off guard. I just wanted to mention that. They're like, see, Splinter Cell next summer. I'm like, yeah, right. I didn't know that. I didn't even watch this. Yeah, it, it's just a CG model of Sam, of Sam's night vision goggles. And they're like, wow. we're, fil- we're filming soon. I'm like, no, wow, you're not. That's a, yeah, that's kind of cute. <laughs> it, I do like the fact also when you hit start on the game, it shows you a big trailer for the video game you are already playing. Yeah. That's a very 2000s thing. Yeah, it's like, like hey, what? let's watch this music video of Sam doing Sam stuff. And it's like, I'm already playing this damn game. What are you, what are you doing? And it takes a really long time to load the menu, because it's where I hit start for so long before it even takes me there. I don't yeah. know if my controller's just acting up or... No, no, I mean, mine... This game loads like a mug. Like, I never can I can never finish reading anything in, like, the loading screens or anything, because it's just, boom, loaded. But uh, it takes yeah, forever to get to the source stream. From you have to watch a, like at least thirty seconds of that music video before they let you skip <laughs> it. Um, first mission is the lighthouse. Um, this mission is very straightforward. It's very much a training mission. There is no tutorial in this game. There is instead some videos you can watch. Narrated which, by Sam Fisher himself. Yeah, yeah, he's he's you know, you know. Uh, that guy knows how to voice act. <laughs> like, he's pretty damn good. I was sitting there going, like, yeah, man, he's got some great one-liners. He's got some great little paragraphs. I was like, I like Sam a lot. Um, <laughs> for what could be a very generic, super, you know, super spy character in a Tom Clancy, you know, espionage video game, Sam has a lot more personality than you, you know, usually give him credit for. Yeah. Um this whole first mission is very straightforward. Uh, it's almost a straight path kind of mission, um, which kind of walks while learning the mechanics, learning how to, um, you know, navigate the light ability, you know, the lights, and flipping off lights, shooting out lights, putting out lights. It's um, teaching you all the mechanics without putting something in your face that says, "Hey, do this, do this," like. 
uh, for example, when you're first on the beach and you climb your way to the first uh, bridge, there's two guards walking around that'll see you if you pop your head out because it's not dark enough initially. And you listen to them, and then as they talk, you get a little note flashing on your uh, user interface. And that teaches you to, when you go into your menu, you have notes and all of the stuff that you listen to guard-wise will get written down. Like you can overhear a guy literally shouting the password like, hey, did you hear me? It's 0458. <laughs> well, I like that all that stuff is very, um, is, you know, is tracked for you. So like little things like when you've already discovered a password, when you go to the lock, it just goes ahead and brings it up for you. It's like, hey, this lock is, this is the password. It's 3675 or whatever. Um, it just, it's, like I said, it's very user-friendly. Um, this whole first mission, while very good, I don't have a lot to say about it. There's some good sequences in it, um, like timing your, your movements and your noise for the, um, the thunder. That was really neat. There's some really good lighting effects. Did you try to save the engineer? I don't think you can, can you? Because he was pretty much dead by the time I got there. No, but I was I wanted to see, so I kept quick saving that room just to see if I could like rush through and just screw stealth and shoot my way through to see. And I looked it up afterwards, and uh, there's no way to save him. But really cool lighting on when he's getting shocked. You see the uh, light reflect off the cave wall and everything. That thing that that looks really nice. I was I was playing this beside my wife, and I said, "Look at this beautiful sequence." That I never really see because I always have my night vision goggles on. <laughs> I was like, the lighting in this game is really damn good, but I constantly have these night vision goggles on, so you know. Eh. <laughs> um, but you are correct. That's it's some really good stuff there. Uh, did you cut him down? Yes. Yeah, there's like little stuff like that that I enjoy that you don't have to do, but you can stop and cut him down. And there's a sequence where I'm like Sam, we ain't got time for that. He's like, yeah, we always have time to you know, show some respect for this guy, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, mission's fairly straightforward. It introduces things like side objectives um, that I enjoy. I could try to complete pretty much every side objective in every mission. Um, I think I only blew it on two missions total that I didn't do all of them. But, uh, there is, yeah, it's, man, it's, it's, a, it's a good introduction to this game. That I feel is very much a setup for the uh, the following mission on the ship, which is like, hey, we've explained the basics of this thing. Now go wild, you know. Yeah. It. Uh, um, each mission from here on out becomes a sense of place versus a linear path. This reminds me of maps that I love in the Hitman series, where it's you're you're dropped in. You got here's a whole space you can kind of wrap your head around. Uh, it's a little more it's a little bit more linear here too, but it's like more slightly open. It's not until mission three, which I'm gonna gush about when the game becomes like a when the map becomes a fully open space that you can like really have fun and play around in. But this is where you can we when you realize that this is laid out like a boat this is not laid out necessarily it doesn't feel like you're playing like a set video game level like there's two paths you can go right at the beginning of this thing you can go right and try to sneak past the guards and i'll kind of shortcut you to 
the cargo room that you need to go, or you can kind of cut left, and it's the safer option, but it'll take you a little bit longer to get there. And, like, one thing they do such a great job in most of these missions, but in this one in particular, is little things like everything it links up logically. So if you're moving towards the bow of the ship, you're going to end up there in a way that makes sense. You can very much keep track of where you are on the ship without having to have a map or anything like that. So it's like there was times when I wanted to get to the uh, the room that the captain is in. And they're like, he's on the he's on the a room off the deck. And it's like, well, I know where I'm at. Let me just move you know, down this hallway and then go up one flight of steps and I'll be there. Like, it feels very easy to navigate. Um, it gives you a ton of cool, like, specific problems to deal with. Like, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the engine room where the engine room is pumping out so much gas that a spark from a firearm is going to blow the whole room up. And uh, Sam just straight up says, like, these idiots are too stupid to know that, so they're going to shoot if they do see me. <laughs> and um, the timing on that is hilarious. There's no buildup. So if someone shoots a gun, it's just immediately entire room explodes. It's really hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and um, but, like, the fact that because when you go in there, the whole room is super loud. So, yes, you can't be seen, but now your ability to navigate quickly is is there because hey they can't hear me on these these walkways and stuff that usually give off a whole lot of noise so it's a really cool well-designed sequence where it's like hey you can't be seen here but we're going to give you some extra help because now you can be a lot more loud and depending on your alarm level there will either be one guard in there or three or four guards in there that'll make it tricky so if you're playing it kind of fast and loose early on the level you're going to get punished for it in this section where you really got to be i generally never had an alarm going so i'm um, think the only time i ever had an alarm going was on the fifth mission i restarted um, this mission after it kind of went bad because i was learning to play the game still at this point like learning the pace it wanted me to play so that i did like a complete restart once i got to that point and went there with no alarm so i was like okay I'm learning this game's pace. I'm learning the way that it wants me to play. Start taking more advantage of like every tool that I have. Because the game is really smart with the way... It doesn't feed you all the information. You kind of got to have access, use all of your tools at once. You got to take advantage of the, the night vision goggles, your meters, your thermal goggles, and especially in like uh, some of these later missions, the electronic goggles so you can trace uh where cameras are because it's really easy to miss cameras in this game unless you're be doing your due diligence and like scanning every room for like okay camera there camera there i'm gonna watch out for those yeah and it's also very like especially in the third mission there's a lot of cameras that are in places where you have to get underneath that camera so being able to track it with the electric, you know, goggles, you know, setting can kind of be a very helpful because it's like, okay, where's the camera at? And then, okay, now I know where I need to, you know, maybe take that thing offline real quick and rush in underneath it or something. Um, the ship mission has a couple of other highlights I really want to talk about. Um, I enjoyed the final takedown of our target. Yes. Because... Uh, 
he uh, he goes to grab a beer, and in my case, he never comes back. So the guards say something like, he's been gone for a long time, and then they come investigate. Because <laughs> he goes to the like kitchen thing, and that's why I like, snatched him. You know, I snatched him while he was getting his, his drink. And uh, I was in the bathroom that was off of the side there doing the interrogation of him. And while I'm interrogating him, one of the guards is like, he's been gone for a long time. <laughs> and they get up, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going in this quick, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> um, but- yeah, that happened to me, too. I snuck behind him and dragged him to the bathroom area. And this is where I realized that the non... Because you have left trigger for non-lethal kill, or non-lethal takedown, and you have right trigger for lethal takedown. This is where I realized the lethal takedown is really weird. So the non-lethal takedown, you, like, choke him out, do the whole, like... Uh, uh, pressure point thing, go uh, go to sleep, go to sleep. Uh, the You think Sam's going to use that knife to, like, kind of silence him, but no, he kind of just pushes him and, like, hits his back on his knee. And you think he snaps his neck from behind or some shit. Like, it's very confusing. It is weird that you have the knife already there, and instead of using a knife, he does this weird, like, kick to the back of the neck or back of the spine. It's 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 a weird takedown. I don't quite get why he doesn't just use that fancy knife that he has. But if you're like spotted or don't have them, he'll use that knife for like a quick silent takedown type deal. Yeah. But no, if you yeah, if you do like the the regular attack cuz the the regular attack is like a punch to the nose kind of thing to knock him unconscious or like a stab. Yeah. And like yeah, he'll stab him if he's not got a He's not got time, but if he's got time, he enjoys you know he enjoys his work a little bit too much. <laughs> I do like working my way to the bottom of the ship with him there. There's some good moments with. Uh, I like that the uh, there's a guard there just blasting music. I tried to uh, get Siri to tell me what the song is, but she can't place it, so I'm convinced it's not a real song that was made specifically for this game or something. One thing that's important is also is turning on radios is great because it allows you to move a lot faster. Yeah. So I'm constantly flipping on radios and stuff. <laughs> I talked about one of my best strategies or my favorite strategies is to do the exorcist trick where I walk up to a light and click, 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 and flip it on, flip it <laughs> off, flip it on, flip it off, just to get people to come over there and investigate. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's going on in there? Then uh, they never come back, weirdly enough. <laughs> um but yeah, the boat is a great sequence, but I think that it is, uh, it's really is mission three in which the game finally takes all the training wheels off. Um, mission this, three it, is a straight up bank robbery. This might be, if I were to place like a top five, top 10 stealth levels of all time, I would put the bank, the bank is a lock for that list. I um, love this mission. It has everything you want in a bank robbery mission. Descending from the skylight in between laser beams, uh, dodging security cameras, a... Laser uh, trip wires. Laser trip wires, a uh, walking on parole, uh, safe crackle, walking (laughs) you through how to break into the safe. Um, It's almost a perfect mission. Um, I there's some great Sam stuff here, where Sam was here before. <laughs> the reason they had to up their security was because Sam Fisher <laughs> broke into the bank in 1989. <laughs> uh, there's a great sequence in which he's talking about uh, a moment in which he's talking about that he was uh, 
in uh, Desert Storm, and his uh, one of the comms ladies on there talks about that she was ten at that time. Sam and Sam just goes yuck. <laughs> it just like <laughs> it's just something that goes through multiple missions of Sam complaining about being old. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this is a perfect mission. I I freaking love this thing. I it, it has the bank is a real building. You can navigate it like a real building. Um, you know, going to the different offices, even tools in this game that you don't think would be useful. Like I was when I first saw that I had flashbangs. I was like, what am I gonna use flashbangs for? Like I'm trying to keep shit quiet. Um, and then I found a room with three guards in it. That uh, boy, it'd be convenient if they weren't there. So we learned that if you bash open doors, it knocks out the guy behind the door. And so I bashed the door open, tossed in a flashbang. Everybody had a headache for a second, and then they got two bullets to the head. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, flashbangs are pretty useful, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I uh, like the tools. You talk about the tools, man. Like, that was everything I've been using. Like, I'm constantly going through that toolkit being like, okay, what do I have here? Because I usually just take the recommended the recommendation kit. Um and it's always like, okay, what do I need? What do I have? You know, what's a good thing for me to the pop up here? The only thing I don't usually use is the sticky cams. I've um, this was the first mission I used this one on, and I used it at the bit where you're climbing through the air ducts and you have that ceiling fan blocking your way. And there's two guards in there, and I couldn't get a placement because I was in the duct. I couldn't see exactly how many guards were in the room or the layout of the room, so I took a sticky cam shot it down there and that got me get in that tiny room to get a good layout so I could easily see when the guard left so that I could shoot the computer and kind of scale down that way. So that was a good place to use the uh, sticky cam for me. But see, I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. I didn't think about it. So what I loved about this whole the bank mission is like when you start, there are, I believe, at the top of my head, three ways to get into the bank. You have... You can kill the lights and go in through the front, but then you have the front guy waiting on you. Or what I did, I went around and took the uh, pipe up to the roof so I could kill uh, one of the breaker boxes and then use that to descend down to the main to the main floor where the trip wires are. Or I believe there's a if you keep going down that way, there's a door to like the back side of the building near where the I believe it's near where the um, back office is on the first floor. I would like to say that probably the quote-unquote fastest way to get through it is the back door. Yeah. Um, I also took the roof. I went in through the skylight um, just because I think that's the coolest way to go in. That's the Mission <laughs> but, Impossible uh, way. Yeah, and also it's also the way that um, to me gives you the best like breakdown of how the bank is set up because you're like okay there's two different wings here um you know i go around this side so like i think that that's kind of you know in my way that's the the smartest way to go i guess um but yeah this goes back to these are real places that are set up like real places would be set up so therefore they're incredibly easy to navigate um there's like I, said, I would say there's a couple of big highlights here. One is of course the cracking of the safe itself. 
Um, I really like that whole sequence. Where you got to um, use a like cop a copier to mimic the exact lock picking you're doing on both sides. That's that's really cool. I like also the fact that when Sam walks in, he sees all the money. He goes, uh, "Hey, we need to go ahead and talk about a race." Um, <laughs> but Sam's like, "I'm just gonna steal some of this shit." I've been here twice now. <laughs> um, but I I've. Like I said, this is almost a perfect mission. I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, I can't think of a single thing about this mission I didn't like. Exactly right. I love the bit where you have to either time your walks with the guard as the as the lasers are uh, stopping and starting, depending on where his location is. So I just wait till it came to me. I choked him out, and then I just carried him through the lasers. That's a strategy I did later in Mission 5, too. Yeah, that's also what I did. I just you know, knocked him out and be like, oh, come in with me now. I just <laughs> carried him through the lasers. It's very convenient. Um, There's a bit where you're steal- you have to steal $50 million in the French bearer bonds, and I asked, why are we doing that? This just seems like a dick move. And it's because it's like, oh, you're, you have to make it seem like a robbery. Here, yeah, they so. were covering up the, that it was not for the information. They were covering it up, making it look like a robbery. And there's um, a bit where you're trying to send emails from within the bank to make it look like it was an inside job and not like an outside yeah. source there. That's one thing I like about these missions also is that usually there is objectives to cover up Sam's involvement. Sam's involvement. So it's like, okay, we're going to get the tape for the security cameras. We're going to... Send emails to make it look like an inside job. We're gonna steal some money and make it look like a bank robbery. Um, there's always a, a you know an exit strategy where Sam has to also escape the area. Um, it's just set up super intelligently. I really really enjoy how they build these levels. Um, while three is a high point, I actually really really love Mission Four too. Mm-hmm. And Mission Four starts off giving you an objective that I thought would kind of kill my. My strategy, which is, uh, hey, Mission four, uh, 4, there's been a blackout in New York City. And not and only that, it wipes out the entire Northeast and North Carolina. Like, you can see, like, the whole map light up red, and then tagging on at the end of the map is just North Carolina. I'm like, why is that thrown in here? What the, what the <laughs> fuck we do to you, man? <laughs> Damn. Leave us be. We're just chilling, all right? Leave us be. We ain't involved in all y'all shenanigans up there in New York City. Up there in New York City. <laughs> um, no, uh, I really, really like this whole section. We are investigating uh, the penthouse of this gentleman, so we have to walk away to the penthouse. Uh, the streets yeah. are being patrolled by the National Guard, so we can't kill those guys. Um, which leads to one of my favorite interrogation sequences, that if you grab a guy... You convince him that it's really just a training mission, <laughs> and you just like, hey, buddy, uh, time for you to go to sleep. Okay, thank you, sir. And you <laughs> um, but I really, really enjoy this whole thing because it's you know the process of walking your way up through the streets to get to the penthouse, the penthouse having all the extra security of the cameras and um, all of that stuff, and the mercenaries up there. Uh, this mission just it feels really good. It's a lot more straightforward than the bank or the um, the boat was, was but There's it's still very more, solid. 
self-contained areas that there's a lot of multiple paths to. Like, even on the street level, you can kind of weave your way through the guards, or what I found was a fire escape ladder that I took up to the roof and was able to scale past, like, near that whole sequence and get close to the ground floor where I was able to go in the building where they were doing the, where, to where the elevators were to go up. Yeah, I think I actually just snuck by the guys doing a lot of that mm-hmm. picking up trash and throwing it off into the distance and, you know, little tricks like that to get by them. Um, and then there's this bit here where you uh, interrogate one of the guards, and that's where you learn that the people up here are working for a PMC called Displace International. And there's, I think, multiple ways to get that information, but I like that you can just interrogate the guys, who, and Sam will be like, just tell me who you're working for. <laughs> um, all of these sequences with Sam and his negotiations slash uh, getting people. There's a sequence in Mission 5 in which uh, there was complaining about the HVAC system not working on a building, and if you <laughs> grab the guy... You go like tell me. He Sam goes like tell me why the HVAC system's not having is having problems. And the guy goes, why do you care? He goes, I am the most heavily armed, pissed off HVAC man in the ward. <laughs> Just like this. <laughs> my favorite lines. was my favorite was I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Guess it right and I won't kill you. He goes, uh, one. He goes, ah, oh, congratulations. Just tell me why I need to know then. <laughs> yeah, I I really I love all those interrogation stuff, man. It's just. It's like Sam just is a man who enjoys his walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you find if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. I don't Sam's, think Sam's ever worked. <laughs> he's having a ball. He's having a great old time. Um, mission four and three and four is uh, are highlights for me. I love those missions a lot. There the is a bit here where there there was a bit that scared the hell out of me. It was a bomb on the roof. So it was where near the end of the mission where you're going in to where you discover what the whole Dvorak thing is and that crazy reveal. So I, I like scale on like the little uh, room protruding from like the side of the window. And as soon as I climbed up that roof, it just exploded for no apparent reason. And I was like, oh, it's, there's mines in here. I didn't the know there was mines here. Yeah, of <laughs> mines. They introduce those in a way that's like, hey, surprise! These <laughs> go gonna, off! You're going to uh, die to those unless you're paying like really close attention to your yeah, like, technology. Yeah, I died. I think I died twice. Um, and the first time you died, just because you didn't know to look for them. You know, you were looking for cameras. You were looking for beams. You weren't looking for trip mines. Um, Some weird stuff here. There's the whole Dvorak thing that's causing the blackout. It is like this supercomputer. Th- I don't know. There's a puzzle involving punch cards. Um, so let's do Mission 5, and then I would do a breakdown of what I think this story is. Okay, that sounds good. Um, mission 5 is a... You are still in New York City, but you are going to the PMC's headquarters to basically discover what their ties to all this stuff is. Um... This is also a sequence in which you are told you can't kill anybody because um, the U.S. government has contracts with this PMC organization and nobody wants to have to do all the paperwork about you going around shooting people in the head. Um, mission 5 is my least favorite mission of all of these. That sounds bad. I enjoy this mission, but it's not as good as the other four. I love the layout of this place. 
I think the enemy placement is weird, and I think I ran into some glitches that made this whole... Or, or either glitches or weird choices here that just made this mission not as fun as the others. But so, I love the layout of this place itself. Yes, and I think the glitch you ran into is the same thing I ran into, which is um, you descend, you you are a part of like a, you see the meeting that's being taken place. And uh, you're supposed to follow that guy and get access to that briefcase. Um, as I was going about the beginning of the mission, he comes down some steps with his uh, the guy he's meeting. And uh, so I'm doing my thing. I'm just, you know, hiding out. And they're starting to talk. He sits down in the briefcase, and they're starting to talk. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get some information here. And then no matter what happened, they said, did you hear that? And they come over towards me every time. And I was like, what is going on? I'm not making any noise. I'm in complete darkness. There are zero cameras around here. Um, and I can't, I could not tell why they kept doing it. So after like the fourth time of reloading the save, I said, well, I got airfoil rounds. So when they walked down those steps, they just went, thump, thump, both, I just knocked them out ahead of time and just took control of the briefcase that way. Because I could not get them to go about their business because every time they would trigger as if they heard me when I would be completely immobile up against the wall in complete darkness. So this is what happened to me. I did the same thing and started following the guy and followed him to the key card entry door that, that I couldn't get past. I was, was walking my way up to the door and it's my fault that I initially got spotted because they the whole this whole mission is centered around the technology there's a whole video for it that the the blackout screens like each screen, uh, window has a switch you can trigger that makes it turn uh, off which will um, be it will just be like a window or you can turn on you can turn it on and it'll like block out the entire like window it's like block it's like digital blinds basically and the blinds were up a guard saw me he freaked out came through uh, immediately ran through the door. I knocked him out, and everything seemed fine. An alarm was going off, but the guy I was following, who was carrying the briefcase, like freaked out. He dropped the briefcase in the middle of the floor, and then ran to the meeting room. So I just walked. I just walked over, like hacked the briefcase that was just in the mi middle of this floor. But none of the guards were acting like I was there. So I went, I followed him to the meeting room, and what happened was uh, the guy I was following was pinned up in the corner with two other guards, like, pointing their guns at him. So I, I, I walked in the room, I did a whistle, so one guard would come, I choked him out, put him in the corner. I did the whistle again, choked him out, put him in the corner. Then I ran up and uh, choked out the, the meeting room dude. So I don't know, like, what series of events led to this whole shenanigans thing, but I was like, this didn't feel good. This felt weird. I think it's weird that both of us had struggles with those two particular characters. Yeah. So it's like something's weird about how they operate. Because, like, for me, they, like, they were just auto-triggering for me. So I just, when I reloaded my save on, like, the fifth time... I just said, well, you're not going to get to the point where you can put down that briefcase and auto-trigger for me. You're going to come down these steps and get airfoil rounds right to the back of the head. Yeah, um, the, uh, the other weird thing here was the um, 
the side mission here, de dealing with hacking the three servers you need. So you get to this big server room initially. The first computer you go to is sitting on top of like a small uh, horizontal server rack. And that's where you uh, shut off the server or hack the server and you do the first mission objective. And they're like, cool, fine. They don't tell you how, uh, Grim doesn't tell you how many. She says, hack all of the servers. So you look at all the computers in the room going, I guess I need to hack all of these. So then you do that and you go through most of the computers and they have something that says mission objective written on it. And I'm like, is this the objective? Do I need to hack all these computers? But I don't know what that's connected to. I wasn't clearing a side mission by looking at all of those reports. Maybe it was like something I needed to find once, but it's on all those computers. So I was confused uh, I... about what I needed to extract because there was nothing like clear, clearing off in that regard. So I think that information should have been made a little bit more clear there. She's referring to um, servers throughout the entire building. Yes, I knew that. So yeah, yeah. So like, I think that's supposed to be that you could hack that area's server from any one of those computers. Um, but it is not very clear. I did not actually complete that objective. It's one of the few objectives I didn't complete, uh, because I think I missed one. Because she said I... there was one more, and I didn't. I couldn't find it. And uh, to be honest with you, I got very frustrated at the end of this mission. Um, and with uh, not being able to get, figure out exactly what my next objective was, so I never went back and, and finished uh, that one objective. I think uh, I got them all because I just hacked every computer I saw at that point. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna brute force the side mission. Then we're gonna hack every single computer. In which case, I got really good at the hacking mini game. Sometimes hacking hacking mini games are not fun. I actually really enjoy this hacking mini game. Well, this one also is if you're in real big trouble, you can just back out. Yeah, you just be like, ah, I'm not gonna get it back out. <laughs> you know, um, good hacking mini game, good lock picking mini game. They're pretty solid. Um, there's a good Mission Impossible sequence here in which you are doing the the line towards the floor. You know, like uh, like the Mission Impossible sequence to get into the server room, and then when you're in there, the lights start coming back on. And there's a great moment where you're like, oh shit. <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, the idea of the power coming back is a problem for Sam. Um, like I said, I think this is the weakest mission. But it's by no means bad. It's just not nearly as good as the previous four. I ran into some weird, uh, yeah, just ran into some weird things, ultimately. There's also, the enemy placement was weird because I got to the point where I was able to easily knock out, at least before I got to the top floor was able to like knock out all the guards and was just able to freely run around the entire space going where's the objective where do i go whole thing so it didn't feel like a stealth game at that point it felt like i had just like broken something yes. so ultimately i i recognize that this was probably my fault in the way i was playing this mission and why it didn't fully like connect with me but yeah. I think that I think it's a little bit of maybe you did something that broke it, but at the same time you shouldn't be able to break it like that. <laughs> that's true. You know, like that's you know kind of on them. Um, and this is where the, the mission where the whole the guard AI thing, like this is a mission where you, when you get to the top floor, if one guard sees you, then all of a sudden every single guard on the floor knows exactly where you are. Yeah, so it's a, I had to I had to quick save a couple times uh, once I got to the top floor. 
Yeah. Um, you want to do the Eric tries to explain the the plot so far? <laughs> let's try. Let's try to work out this story. Um. Okay. Bear with me. There is a arms deal going on with some guys out of South America that is actually a front for information about these two particular engineers that have this very fancy advanced hacking you know tech you know computer hacking slash virus software that they have um one of them is the guy who is dead in the first mission of the game the second guy has gone missing that is uh most likely being moved around the ward by this PMC group. That technology is used at the end of mission five to blind a highly advanced naval craft that was sent to the Pacific to be kind of a deterrent for increased aggression between the Japanese, the Americans, and the Chinese, and the Koreans, the North Koreans. Oddly enough, not mentioning the South Koreans in something that's taking place on the Korean Peninsula. I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but because this ship was electronically blinded, they were able to destroy this ship. Um, so we are now moving to Japan, in which we believe we have the location of this one engineer who's like one of the la- only people on Earth that could have you know, used this program. Um yeah, and in the last cutscene, he gets an offer to like join the PMCs. Like he gets their like business card. And well, uh, he is he has got a previous relationship with the owner of this PMC group. Oh right, this. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about like Sam, you shouldn't trust this guy because his PMC group is doing dirty stuff, and Sam's like he doesn't know it's some other guy in his organization. So there's some of that. I kind of blew over some of the personal connections with Sam because it's a lot of like shady people knowing shady people kind of stuff. Yeah. Oddly enough, there is a game in the... Because I did not play Chaos Theory, but I've played um, every game post-Chaos Theory. There is a uh, a game in which Sam goes and joins uh, like a weird shady paramilitary group. Um, and I can't remember if it's this same paramilitary group or not. I'm not sure because that's double agent. Yeah, I think we played different versions of that game because I played the PS2 version. And as you went on missions, that had a line of trust where if you made a decision one way, it would go the way of like the in it. There was one that was NSA and the other that was like the the rogue organization. So you had to like make decisions that kind of kept that line balanced. But there was really no tension there. It was like okay. On, on this mission, I'll do the NSA choice. And then on this mission, I'll do the other guy's choice to kind of straighten up. See, I played the uh, the 360 version of that. And I don't remember that. So I think it's maybe, it maybe is that we played different versions of Double Agents. They are um, completely different games from what I understand. Yeah, so that's probably what it is, that we just played different versions of Double Agent. But I don't remember if it's the same PMC group or not. Or same yeah. group. Um. But that's where we stand. Am I? Do you think I'm in the ballpark there, Michael? You have me. That I I I believe that's right. But why is that whole op, um supercomputer thing run on punch cards? Um, I, because I mean we still run on nuclear program on floppy disks. I mean I guess that's true. 
Also, something weird that's not connected to anything. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy, the engineer who's like looking over Dvorak, uh, on his TV there, he's watching a playthrough of uh, Splinter Cell: Pandora Tomorrow. Maybe he's like me and he enjoyed Pandora Tomorrow. I mean, maybe, maybe. he's like, hey, you know, that's a good game. He's watching a Twitch. <laughs> he's watching a Twitch stream of Pandora Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some weird product placement. There's a lot of like Ubisoft product placement. There's a lot of Axe body spray product placement. Oh, right, the Axe body spray. Um, my favorite. My favorite is the. Uh, did you play the new? Uh, uh, Prince, Prince of, of Persia, Persia game. Oh man, uh, that game looks really good. I know, I love those games. This new That's one looks sound really like great. Game of the year. <laughs> game of the yeah. year. Yeah, Strap says they think it's going to be game of the year. I think um, it was on like one of the news troughs too. Like new Prince of Persia game is the number one yeah. selling game. <laughs> Ubisoft is just really, really good. Remember when Ubisoft had enough good games to be able to do that though? Like, damn, think about that shit. Like, you know. Um, now it'd just be like, hey man, remember that Assassin's Creed 27 or Dance Just Dance 2000 insert year here? Um, Skull and Bones is coming out sometime. Remember that? <laughs> Hell, they might have mentioned it in this game. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I thoroughly have enjoyed this game so far. I um, am very much looking forward to playing it. We're currently in Japan for Mission 6. Hokkaido, um, which is also the name of a hitman mission. They call it the Alaska of Japan. So, in here. Okay. So, that, that's one thing Sam says when you're looking it up is like, isn't that the Alaska of Japan? <laughs> All right. I've never. Maybe I should go there. It's a cool. You know, maybe it's a cold part of Japan. I don't know. In the, um, hit, in the hitman uh, thing, I don't think we're going here. You go, it's like a wealthy one percenter hospital type deal on the hitman map i don't think we're doing that i think we're just going to hokkaido <laughs> but uh, who knows maybe, maybe that's what they're no- maybe that's what they're known for wealthy one percenter assassin hospital possible <laughs> maybe well, we don't know man yes <laughs> um like i said very much enjoying this so far i think that uh this is going to be really fun i'm looking forward to finishing it up um you can follow us at State of the Save on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube, where Michael has been posting his playthrough of Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. He has also been streaming that on the Twitch, so you can go follow him there and watch I'm him start- play that. I'm starting to do more frequent Twitch streams on Sunday mornings whenever I have the free time. Sometimes my Sundays aren't free, but that's mostly the consistent day I can sit down and play something for a couple hours. So yeah, being in a uh, stealth mood, I've been playing uh, Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes. So either this weekend or next weekend, I'm going to sit down and finally uh, finish that thing. And uh, Twin Snakes does not hold up as well. As I wanted it to. I uh, I kind of felt like that was going to be the statement you made there. <laughs> yeah, the the whole the cutscene pacing is the extreme bu- anime cutscenes. Not even that. The, those moments are fantastic, but where it, I think it falls apart is when they have to kind of escalate the 
uh, fast-paced like dialogue of them standing close together on the PS1 version because the dialogue just goes on for so long, and they feel the need to extend it by adding like unnecessary character in it. Uh, animations to kind of pad out those cutscenes, so it it's a very poorly paced game, but the but the highs are really high, so um, I can't I can't hate it. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched some of that after we played Metal Gear Solid, and I was like, ah, I'm thinking I'm gonna stick with my regular Metal Gear Solid. That that's the right choice. Um, but yeah, definitely you can follow Usually Michael posts on social media before he goes live, so you can uh, follow us and you will be able to see that. State of the save at gmail.com. Uh, send your emails there. We might might have access to that email. I'm not 100% sure at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And stay safe out there. Oh, 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 oh,